Alright! No one's joining in? No. Wicked, wicked! <laughs> Alright, number two. This is number two on the podcast numbers for pressx.com.au. We actually took a couple of weeks off because, well, we haven't had time. But we're back into it and hopefully we can make it a regular thing, as we said last time. So let's get stuck into it. Hey, welcome. I'm Nick. This is... Ben! And that's... Kurt. And of course, we are all from pressx.com.au bringing you another podcast. Thank you to everyone who downloaded the first one and had a listen. We'd love to get some feedback. So if you can send it through to podcast at pressx.com.au, that'd be wonderful. Any any feedback you've got, uh, anything like that, or you can jump on iTunes and rate it. Just search for pressx.com or pressx, I believe it's under. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. Press X Podcast. Press X Podcast, so you can search for it there. And that'd be cool. You can also check it out at... PressX.com.au. Oh, Insane Ramblings. <laughs> That's the one I was looking for. Sorry. So you can check it out on Ben's website, which is InsaneRamblings.com.au. Yeah, in the podcast feed, if you already subscribe to Insane Ramblings, the episode is in the feed as well, so you might already have it. Oh, cool. So unfortunately, all those people just automatically got it pushed upon them. Yep. All right, that's cool. So let's get stuck into perhaps one of the usual topics where we sort of discuss what we're listening to, what we're watching, what we're playing, and what we want to see, I guess, is another thing we could do. So let's get stuck into it. First, I'll kick it off. What I am playing is Minecraft. (laughs) Unfortunately, after the last podcast, I had to go and check it out, and I've just gone nuts for it. I've actually cooled off now, and I think I'm probably about to move away from it. Um, I also said I wanted to try... You say that now. Yeah, I give yeah it five after, after like three weeks of just smashing it completely, uh, I also said I wanted to try Bastion, which I tried and I thought it was great, but I haven't got back to it, okay. which is, it's a little annoying. I've, you know, don't feel as good about it that I haven't got back to it. Um, that's about it. I also tried uh, a couple of other games around, but nothing really, we're in probably the biggest dry spell in gaming I've had since I started playing games. There's just nothing out at the moment, but I think uh, Dead Island is the next one that comes out. Yeah, that's coming out pretty soon. So and I reckon that might be one. Space Marine as well. Pardon? Uh, Ultramarine or Space Marine as well is coming out. Yeah, Space Marine. But I think perhaps in the future we can look at when uh, Dead Space comes out, doing some sort of uh, video Island, podcast yeah. with it. Because Dead. I think it might have some Dead good... Dead Island, not Dead Space. Dead Island? Yeah. Is it Dead Island? That's yeah. right. I'm thinking Dead Space is the other one. That was a good game. We can do one when Dead Space 3 comes out, but since it's not announced, it might be a while. Yeah, it might be a little while. But Dead Island looks pretty good. In fact, I'm surprised it hasn't been banned in Australia. Considering another Sega game got banned. House of the Dead? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, the PlayStation 3 version of House of the Dead got uh, refused classification. (laughs) It looked pretty dumb, to be quite honest. Well, I played the Wii version, and that got an MA rating. So it's surprising that the PlayStation 3 version is different enough to warrant banning it. Who knows? There's a lot of swearing. Flexing their muscle while they can. Yeah, I think it's the game with the most F-bombs dropped. For some reason, they don't like mass-murdering zombies. Because they appear to be too close to humans. Yeah, so mass murdering uh, civilians in an airport in Modern Warfare 2 was okay then. Yeah, but if you're going to make that much money, you can usually get around those laws. Anyway, let's not talk about that for now. Uh, What I am watching, I haven't really got anything I'm locked down on at the moment, but I've been going through a couple of different movies. Saw the Foo Fighters documentary, which I thought was great. What's that called? Uh, It is called Back and Forth. Okay. And it's well worth watching, even if you don't really care for the Foo Fighters. It was actually one of the better documentaries I've seen. And it was very clever the way they went about it. And look, it just... It, it, Dave Grohl just seems like the nicest guy in the world when you watch that. Even though, you know, he admits he's done some stupid things and 
been very nasty to some bandmates and stuff like that, but it was just a brilliant watch and I thought it was very enjoyable. And what I'm listening to, which I think is going to bring up a topic, is I believe the last podcast, both Ben and myself were very keen to check out the Kanye West Jay-Z album, which was going to be out on the Tuesday or something like that, or even the Monday after the podcast. And, well, I thought it was really, really good. Yeah, it's called Watch the Throne. And, uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of it as well. There's some weird stuff, like, at the end of a lot of the tracks, there's a little interlude music. Yeah, they've got the same music rolling through the whole thing. Yeah, and I don't know if I like that or not. It's kind of cool, but if you're just trying to listen to... You know, if it comes on your CD on shuffle, then it's like, what's this little jingle thing yeah. going on? But, uh, yeah, it's really good. I'm not sure it's quite as uh, quite as good as Kanye's last album, which I'm a massive fan of. But, mm. overall, yes. Yeah, very good stuff. Yeah, I don't think it's as good. They see, I, I must admit, the things I were finding, and these are like, even though I thought it was brilliant, these are nitpicking ideas, Kanye West doesn't understand what sexism is. <laughs> when he turns around and says, I'm not a sexist, I'm not demeaning towards women, and then he refers to, you know, if, you, if this woman wants to become my lady, she's going to have to show me what she can do in the bathroom. You know, <laughs> that, that's a little bit off what you think it is, mate. Yeah, and yeah. the other thing I found was they constantly keep saying, watch the throne, watch us, we're the best. And they say, you know, I'm better than Elvis, and watch out, I'm coming after you, the Beatles. I'm seeing a link here, referencing the throne and the bathroom an awful lot. Maybe he's not talking that kind of throne. Ah, yeah, perhaps. But I think there was a lot of, I'm the best, when they're not even the best rappers around, so I don't know how they can be the best in the world. Plus, you know, I guess Jay-Z's sales are getting close to the Beatles, but to be quite honest, the Beatles did it in 10 years, Jay-Z's been doing it for nearly 30, so... Yeah. I don't think there's much of a comparison there. Well, uh, overall, still, good stuff. Definitely worth a listen if you get a chance. Uh, a couple of really good songs. I thought Paris was an absolutely incredible song. And uh, the second track with Beyonce was really good too. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, so well worth checking out. Uh, if you get a chance, have a listen to that. There's been plenty more that I've listened to as well, but I might throw it over to Ben to find out what you've been doing. During the last podcast, Nick mentioned they was going to check out From Dust. Did you uh, get around to playing that at all? No, I went for Bastion. Okay, because I've been playing quite a bit of that, and uh, I'm a big fan. It's um, it's good that I actually got my girlfriend into this game. Um, she's not a huge video gamer, but she was immediately addicted to From Dust. And so basically, for those who don't know what the game is, you control God, I guess. It's a God game, kind of a little similar to Black and White, but with more of a focus on building the terrain and the island. So you've got a village that... You start with you know ten or so villages, and they have to go around this map and try and spread out throughout the whole island by collecting. Like you can pick up sand or water or lava and build islands, and it helps your villages spread around those whole islands and explore new islands. And uh, yeah, it's just really addictive. There's you know constant tsunamis or earthquakes or volcanoes trying to destroy you, and you have to pick up land and put it somewhere else to try and protect you guys. Um, and for an XBLA game, it's got really good graphics as well. I think it's also out on PC. Um, but yeah, I can definitely recommend that. I've also been playing Ghost Trick on the DS, which is kind of a puzzle a story game by the guy who did Phoenix Wright. And that was pretty original. You take over uh, various objects and you possess them to kind of make a chain reaction to save people's lives. Like the story is someone dies and you can go four minutes back in time before their death and try and protect them and save them from death and there's a whole storyline of like conspiracy theories and trying to find out uh, why you died in that game and get your memory back and stuff and that was, that was a good time as well. And uh, I also played through Duke Nukem Forever. <laughs> why did you do that? Because uh, I got it cheap 
And I was just curious. I got it for free and I didn't even play for it. Can I borrow it from you? I gave it back. Yeah. I gave it back. I just... I, I got up to the bit where he shrinks you and they put you in the car and I just said, no way. Really? That's it. No, this is dumb. Because I heard a lot of bad reviews, so I was expecting it to be pretty shitty, but I actually quite enjoyed it. Did you look at it and go, this does not look like a current generation game? Uh, I didn't mind the graphics so much. They obviously not up to like Halo or Call of Duty kind of levels, but... Uh, Halo Wars? <laughs> it, no, no, Halo in general. Uh, <laughs> are you talking about the RTS game? It's on the level of Halo Wars in terms of graphics. Yeah, I would have thought so. No, but uh, it doesn't look amazing, but the the gameplay was still pretty fun. I thought it's classic Duke, basically. So if you like Duke 3D, it's not a huge departure, but... Uh, <laughs> it's not a departure at all. Yeah, but uh, no, I thought it was interesting to play just to see what you know, 14 years of development has finally come up with. And uh, yeah, so that was you know better than I expected. It still wasn't amazing, but it was good enough. Kurt, so what are you up to? Alright, um, I went back and played Fallout Snooze Vegas, um, and it was... Don't be hating, <laughs> it's so good! Um, and, yeah, I played it through on... Did you get killed by those bugs that constantly go for you? No, nah, no. Nah, the flying nah. ones? No, nah, I was alright. They are the server doors or whatever they're Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I played it through on Hardcore, and finished the last little bit. So did you find Hardcore fun? Because certainly when I played through it, I actually thought it brought another aspect yeah, to the game. it was much more fun than the first time I played through not on hardcore, except for the fact that there was that whole thing, you know, you had to sleep, you had to drink, well, there was still more water in the world than you could possibly, you know, ever need to consume and more Plus, ammo than you could ever sleeping use. sleeping didn't have that much of an effect yeah. and usually you could find somewhere to sleep, you always sleep yeah, for an hour. That's it. Yeah. And if not, you just pound the colas the whole way through and any through the parts anyway. The only thing I found uh, somewhat annoying is the fact that the ammo now had weight to it. So that was quite awkward, wasn't yeah, it? You that, have to pick your favourite guns and yeah, just go with them. Yeah, so I certainly um, played through it. It was better than the last time I played through, but I still wouldn't rate it as good as Fallout 3, even though it almost feels like the same game. Um, and so what I've been watching has been more uh, sort of legal drama and stuff like that. I've somehow got an addiction to it these days. So I've been found a new one called Suits. Um, highly, highly recommended if you're into sort of this one's less Boston legal, more drama-based rather than comedy, but it's still really, really good. Who's in that? Um, it's got... The only character that I'm sort of used to seeing in other things is the um, the chick from Firefly. That's like the head, you know, the main army girl. <laughs> it's Gina Torres. That's the one. Okay. Um, so, yeah. I can't um, believe I got that. <laughs> um, but other than that, um, yeah, it's just a... a sort of a, a fun, smart, legal drama. And in sort of the same vein in regards to movies and stuff as Nick, I went back and watched uh, Metal, A Headbanger's Journey, and uh, Global Metal, which are two really, really good, really solid documentaries about hard rock and metal and the culture behind them and everything. And certainly highly recommended to everyone, especially if you've like never even liked metal. It sort of shows why people have you know fallen in love with the genre and so forth. Um, but other than that, yeah, kind of a quiet two weeks since the last podcast. I went away to the snow for a week a bit, so I've been sort of away and not really playing many games. Well, I thought of something different we could talk about because uh, well, you did get some feedback on um, we talk too much technology and probably too much games and not enough other stuff. So Breaking thought, in the fourth wall, dude. Don't let no, no, you, you know, it's always good to get a little bit yeah, of, of constructive feedback, especially with our first one. We'd like to make it something you'd like to listen to regularly, so we'd like to improve what we do. And I thought... Something I've noticed was I've been reading a bit 
and I've also been reading comics a bit at the moment. And I've noticed that between the two, the comics just don't build the tension like a book can. Yeah. And it's something that I've noticed where something that's two pages of pure adrenaline and you're dreading what's going to happen next is two, three frames in a comic book. And I know both of you guys have read uh, books and comics. And I'm wondering what your thoughts are on that as well. Because I'm finding that as good as comics are visually, they just don't hold me like a book does. I think it depends basically on the story and how much you get into it. So I'm reading The Walking Dead comics at the moment. And I'm just so addicted to that. As I'm about 20 or so issues in. And I'm, yeah, what you're feeling, I'm definitely, you know, very into the story and it's quite intense. So it might just be the comics that you're, uh, that you're choosing. But it's okay. also the good thing about a book is that you can uh, fill in the blanks with your imagination and a comic gets all there for you. Yeah. So definitely what you come up with in your mind is often a lot scarier than whatever an artist can draw on the page. So if you've got a good imagination, then I can definitely see how a book could be a comic. Well, I, I guess the book I'm reading at the moment is this overall feeling that something is not right. That what, something, what book is uh, it? I'm reading a book called, um, it's by Cormac McCartney, and it's called All the, All the Pretty Horses. And as much as everything seems to be going all right, I just have the feeling that there is something. The, the, you know, he's just the, 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 the entire environment just isn't what, they want and there is something that's going to happen and then every page I'm, I'm starting to feel more and more what's happening you know what's what's mm. going to be happening whereas I've noticed in comic books you can't get an overall feeling of dread because each individual frame it, it, it's so limited by what it can show you yeah and I've noticed that the, as much as I do enjoy comics um, I've noticed that I'm reading the Armory Wars at the moment they're not the best example of a, a comic book because it's sort of an independently funded comic book by someone that just wanted to make them uh, it's not something like Walking Dead where it's got the backing of you know, high-quality artists and writers and all that sort of stuff to, to really get it going. But I, you just, I just don't get an overall feeling of concern across the board. Like, I don't, I don't fear for the universe that it's set in, <laughs> whereas the whole point is this universe is going to crumble if something doesn't happen, but I don't fear for it. Yeah. Is that, is that something that you found? I haven't read a whole lot of novels lately. I've been reading more autobiographies and that kind of stuff. So the fiction that I have read, I haven't got that experience, but I definitely know what you're saying. Um, certainly some comic books you can, uh, you know, just read through it. Like, and it's, you know, 30 pages an issue. So you mm. skim through that in 20 minutes and it's just like, oh yeah, that was the story. And, you know, now I have to wait a month for the next issue or something. But uh, with Walking Dead, because I'm so far behind, you just want to power That's the best through way it. To do it. Yeah. yeah, and uh, it's actually quite intense. So I can I can definitely recommend that one to you. Um, but I definitely know what you're saying. If there's something off frame of a panel, it's not going to have the same impact as in the story that you're you know as I was saying, making up with your mind with you know what they don't tell you in a book, or mm. you know it builds that emotion. No, well I haven't really uh, read comics for actually a few years now. Um, just due to lack of time and certainly I find it's almost like trying to compare movies and a TV show in the sense of comics are a bit more like your quick small episodic quick hit sort of stuff that you're gonna read you know even your decent um, full graphic novels and stuff are not got you know they're not your three-day long reads usually you know I mean they, they tend to be much smaller there are some exceptions to that but most of them are fairly short Whereas when you've got a novel, it's a full, long, overarching story and the rest of it. So that's sort of where I sit with that idea.
Okay, sounds good. Now, we might get stuck into a couple of other topics. Uh, I actually like to discuss Ridley Scott's plan to direct a new Blade Runner 2. Yeah. Well, it's obviously going to be quite a few years out, but uh, he just announced that he had signed on for directing a new Blade Runner movie. So, whether or not that's going to be a sequel or a prequel, it's still up in the air. And he's got another movie in the works at the moment, so it's still, you know, quite a while before we actually find out anything more about this project, I suspect. But it is an interesting development. Do you think it's going to happen? I think it will. It, these things always come and go. Um, there's movies announced and directors are attached, and then five years later, the movie's made with a completely different director or cast. Or it's like the Biohazard film that's yeah. been in the works for, oh, or the Halo film that's been in the works for you know, 10 years. Bioshock, did you mean? Bioshock, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Just like those. So, uh, you know, it, it's cool that they have the intention and that he's willing to do it. But the article that I read that he didn't even have a story planned out for it, so, um, you know... So maybe he's just getting himself his name out there for a new movie or something like that. Just yeah. bring back something they want to hear about. There's a few of these happening at the moment. We've got a Total Recall 2 on its way as well, which is one of those sort of things of don't... I thought it was a reboot. Yeah, oh, sorry, yeah, but either way, it's still that sort of thing of you've got one that works, don't mess with, you know, with it. And all of these remakes of these movies, some of them have been good, but most of them have pretty much trashed the original, you know... Um, content. Well, there's a movie, uh, The Thing, coming out in about two months, and I just watched the original in preparation for that, yeah. and I'm hanging for it now, because that was an awesome movie, but uh, yeah, it's one of those things that we'll see if they yeah. do the original justice, but at least it means this news that they've got plans to go back to that world of Blade Runner, which was a great universe, so um, I guess maybe this kind of thing is just seeing if people are interested. Like, if they chucked out this news and everyone's like, meh, another Blade Runner. But it seems like everyone's been pretty positive and like, oh, yeah, that could be cool. Well, Blade Runner has such such a strong fan base and it's, it, yeah. it's, it's, it's got such a, a reverence to it that people seem to gravitate towards it as, as the idealistic sci-fi creation. And it's quite interesting since there's been only one movie in the series and uh, there was like an old school video game and stuff, but there hasn't been a lot of Blade Runner content, but it's got such a huge following. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't checked comic-wise, and I'm sure they probably have, to be quite honest. Yeah, I they think usually do. Uh, but of course, it's from um, Do Adroids uh, Dream of Sheep's. Yeah, Electric Sheep. Yeah, Electric Sheep. Yeah, um, and that's had a huge, huge amount of comics released on it. They, they basically released the book okay. in comic book form, which is a massive series. Um, so, of course, they, uh, that's had a lot of a lot of love around it as well. And so, it's I guess it's uh, it's one of those series that just. It's the perfect example of, of what you want from a sci-fi movie. Good director, one movie, very well done. And I guess it hasn't been left to be. It's been re-edited so many times. Yeah, There's been I, so I've many got, director's cuts. I've got the five-disc Blu-ray version. with five different versions of that movie. <laughs> well, I guess the question is which one's the best. It's very interesting how um, Ridley Scott and Harrison Ford had such massive arguments over whether... Uh, Harrison Ford's character Decker Kane is actually a replicant. Uh, a replicant or not, which is an, it's, an, it's just incredible that it had such differing opinions. Yeah, so it'd be so. interesting that if they did go with the sequel route, would they have to clarify that or not? Mm. Oh, well, I wonder what they do. I guess this, what I, I believe you read something different, but what I, what I read said they, they don't know whether it's a, a sequel, a prequel, or a reboot. I think I think they said it wasn't going to be a reboot, but obviously with you know this project so far out there, it could yeah, change it yeah, in a minute. Yeah. But would you be? Would you want to see Harrison Ford back in that? I don't think Harrison Ford would do that. No, I, I think he's 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 just 
he's just left that on the wayside. He doesn't want to deal with that anymore. It was there was so there's so much tension post the event and so much of a uh, ooh Harrison Ford doesn't think it's this Ridley Scott thinks it's this that mm. I don't think Harrison Ford wants to go back to that. Yeah, it's he probably best to, to leave some of those questions unanswered. Yeah, it, I, I like the idea of not knowing. I think I think the idea of yes no, it, it's better than going who is this. Yeah, something stupid like that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. All right. And uh, we might keep it rolling with Ben discussing Matavar. Say Matavar. 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 I don't know. I've, I haven't been there. I've, I barely know about it. So okay, well. If you fill me in, that'd be wonderful. Yeah, it's a new uh, bar here in Melbourne. And basically, it's video game themed. So, I went on about three weeks after it opened. Well, I guess to start off, it was originally uh, from Yasi Croshaw, is his name? Ben. Yeah. Croshaw. Yeah. Yeah. So, he's the guy who does zero punctuation. And I think the co-owners are also some guys from Australian Gamer, which is another video game website. And, and it's based up in Brisbane? Yeah, they, they've got another bar in Brisbane, which was the original Matter Bar, and now this is uh, their Melbourne one, because I guess the Brisbane one is so popular. And so basically, it's not a very big bar. They only allowed 50 people in at a time, including the staff. So it's quite a small space, but it means that there's always room to get on the consoles, and so they have... Several TVs, maybe six or so, set up with video games and all good party games, basically. So they had stuff like um, uh, Call of Duty and Guitar Hero and Donkey Kong and Rascals and just a whole bunch of fun stuff that would be good to crowd around the controller. Uh, Mario Kart was another one. And then everything else in video game is video game themed. So they got video game drinks. I got an Ocarina of Lime. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's bad. so good. <laughs> Yeah, and so there's a lot of shots and uh, cocktails along those lines. Um, now I had a friend that went up to a friend of ours, James, who went and got to go to the Brisbane one. Okay. Yeah. And his initial response, the message I got was, I'm at so Manabar, everything is so sticky. Yeah. <laughs> is that something you came across? Well, so, you know, spilled drinks everywhere. It had only been open for a couple of weeks, so maybe that will change. It was, it was disinfected when I was there. But uh, I can imagine, I, I heard that they had um, a Guitar Hero drum set um, that had already been put out of commission just because I can imagine that kind of stuff happens quite well, a lot. Well, I've, I've destroyed multiple drum yeah. sets while Maybe playing guns. Yeah, the, the, the guitars, I, mean, I may have thrown one or two, but certainly the drum sets I hadn't thrown, it was purely from the fact of when you do a roll on some of them, they're not built to handle yeah. a big man drumming. And uh, yeah, there was a good crowd of people. Um, there was... The bar was always full, and everyone, it was, I went on cosplay night, I didn't realise that until I got oh, there. Oh, God! <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there was everyone, you know, dressed up as uh, Batman and Batgirl, and just hanging out with Gandalf, playing the arcade machine, and, uh, yeah, so that was a bit of an interesting experience, but I guess it means it's easy to talk to people just because everyone's there for the love of video games, yeah, and the love of video game-themed cocktails. All right, we might get stuck into some more topics as well. Now, this doesn't really affect us because, well, we're in Australia, and this is from GameStop in the US, but they were, there was an open note from, I believe, someone, it might have been promotions team or... One of or their managers. One of the managerial staff of the company saying that considering Deus Ex has gone, was, was, it, was it gone? It's gone. Or it was, it was something that was, it, it was going to sell well, got great reviews, and they said... Okay, this is getting great reviews. We would like all staff to please open the boxes and remove the free game code 
before selling. On the selling. online code. Yeah. So, now, was this... I don't this know what sort of code version, was this. Yes. On the PC version, was this a code that gets you into like the EA store? Or was no, this no, a code no. that was for free two months online? On, online is a... Uh, online. Online, uh, live, sorry, is a cloud-based computing gaming system that people have been working on. For, they showed it off about four years ago now, or five years ago, where basically with the aid of a small box and a controller, you can plug it into any screen that has access to high definition. Oh, you can sorry, on your PC or bed and so forth. Yeah, of course. And gain access to a library of games that you can basically play off the, the cloud servers that they run. It's a fairly complicated... Um, sort of system, but it about basically allows people to game anywhere where they can get high-speed net. And now Deus Ex was coming out with a code to give you a free trial of that service, which of course, by using that service, GameSpot, EB Games, all the game companies in the world, if everyone switched to OnLive, they wouldn't be selling anything because it's all bit like Steam or uh, digital distribution and microtransactions. So I guess that's why, what was, was it the PS Go? Failed? PSP yeah, Go. PSP Go had the same theory behind it, and certainly GameStop fought them over that one in the sense of people wouldn't be buying games from GameStop. And with OnLive having access to the service with a free trial, you know, coming with uh, Deus Ex, by selling, you know, Deus Ex with that code, um, GameStop would be hurting their own potential profits, you know, through it if people went, oh, this is a really good service, you know, I'm going to switch to this for my gaming in future. Um, not in any way condoning their actions, just sort of, yeah, letting you know the go. But they, they claimed it was because Square Enix, who are publishing the game, didn't uh, tell them about it first. And I don't think that really made a huge difference. If they had told them, it seems like they probably still would have taken the yeah. trade out. Well, I can imagine they probably wouldn't sell it. Or not, 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 not sell the game, but certainly they would have taken it out originally. Yeah, I mean, well, they, they would have said, well, we will, not, we will not accept this package while it contains that. Yeah, and I have heard some branches you can uh, still get lucky and get a copy of the code with it, but it does seem like they're being a bit dodgy with removing something that you should be getting for free and that if you buy it anywhere else, you do get for free. Um, luckily, it doesn't seem to be affecting Australia. It seems like EB, which is our GameStop equivalent, I haven't heard any reports of them removing yeah. it, but it does seem... No, they just do a better job of hiding their, their mail. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, it just does seem like something that maybe you should check before you leave the store if you're bothering to get the PC version of that game. Which is just a shame, because it seems like a really cool service and everyone would like to be able to at least try it out. It's, uh, I don't know, just maybe don't support GameStop if that's going to be the case. Yeah, the usual... No, it's the usual... Boycott! Boycott! <laughs> usual... Can we do that over here? Is, no. it, is, that, is that a right in Australia to boycott US? Oh, I'm sure we can. But it's the usual case of... Um, Until know, GameStop starts starts paying us, then maybe we'll be like, yeah, buy GameStop. No to GameStop. <laughs> Pay us and we will not say anything about it. In fact, we will push people to you. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, it's vote with your wallets. If you have a problem with them doing this, don't buy from them. If you have no problem with it, then continue on. Now, I don't actually see that much of it. Okay, as much as it's not good they're taking something out of the box, but it is their policy not to sell products which are taking business away from them. So I can understand why they're doing that, and I can understand if they had have known, they probably would have requested it to be done differently. So that is, that is how I understand it, and I, I, they probably should have taken it off shelves and then requested new ones rather than taking it out and then selling it without it because opening up the package is something they shouldn't be doing. Yeah, they also need to be informing the customer that they've done exactly that. Like, if I'm going to buy a special edition of a Xbox 360 game and 
the code was taken out of the box because it was against the store's policy, there's a good chance the reason why I bought the special edition, or you know, in this case I might have bought the PC edition, was for that code as a little bit of a bonus, then I'm going to be the one that's being unfairly ripped off. If you went and bought the PS2 version of um, Portal 2 because you wanted the PC uh, Steam code as well, and found out that they removed that because they don't like digital distribution services like Steam, you'd be ticked off about that as well, and you actually have a right to know before you purchase that well, that's not there. Well, what if incident, you can understand it, it sucks, but you just don't want this to escalate any further, you don't want, you know, further down the line, this kind of thing more and more likely to happen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I buy special editions of games for the extra stuff in them, but, like, it would be like if EB Games decided to remove the... Uh, free one month trial code with a copy of World of Warcraft because they want to you to actually buy it every month through them um, and you're not knowing that till you got home and then realize that you have to go and pay up more or you're not getting what you originally purchased it's just I don't know it's a bit dark to get to not be informed before buying did you two fellas have PS1s? sure did yep and I'm guessing you loved it yep well good news for you guys as Ben has already no, listen, yeah, I'm making it sound like I'm telling you for the first time, but they are going to be re releasing PS1 classics for the PS3, and I believe it's an online server with uh, the Japanese and the US games. Yeah, so that's the key uh, factor in this story, is that we've already got PlayStation 1 games on the PS3 that you can play on the PS3 or PSP. Yeah, but Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> but now, uh, they're going to be releasing as you just mentioned, games that only came out in Japan and America. So there was a whole bunch of games like Chrono Cross, Chrono Trigger, Parasite Eve. That these were great games that they were translated into English and we just never got them. And it just seems so weird that now we've got this worldwide distribution that they don't have to you know, physically print a disc or it's not going to cost them a whole lot of money to get these games released onto the network. They're just going to upload the file, basically. And... Uh, they haven't been doing it up until yeah. now. Certainly I have come across um, a conversation in the past with the Sony rep in regards to why certain games didn't come out over dis digital distribution despite their popularity. And they were certainly saying it's still because the original rating given to the game does not always include digital distribution as they were released before that wasn't a, a thing. So what happens is a lot of these games now have to go back up for review again to get a current Australian rating. Yeah, I think all of them. Yeah. And so a lot of them are having the issue where they want to release certain games but certain developers aren't going to pay for it to be re-rated and all the rest. So that's why we're still getting held up on a lot of that. Such an odd situation. I, I, I guess as a consumer, I don't want to have to wait for these products that have been released for a long time. And to be quite honest, they're PS1 games. How much of an effect can a PS1 game have on a child now? Uh, when you know, there are multiple more violent... In fact, I don't think a single PS1 game had blood splatter. Uh, some did, but not to that extent. You know, obviously not to that extent. It's, it's just like, getting a real kill, man. Oh. <laughs> Mortal Kombat <laughs> 4, dude. Uh, Mortal Kombat with the, with, the, with the red balls that used yeah. to come off the people when you punch them. Um, but yeah, no, certainly it was very much the case where um, all these games have to be re-rated because the attitude is that they're a video game, they're being released, so, you know, if... If one game has to be rated, that has to be a fair law for all. But, um, but surely something like Chrono Cross, as soon as that comes out, that's going to make a lot more money than yeah. whatever it costs to rate that game again. Of course, but once again, if they release it in America, digital distribution and Europe, so be it. But then to pay thousands of dollars to get it through our ratings board for just the Australian audience is 
time, effort, stuff that you know they might not they might not see as being a viable thing for Australia. Now I don't know if this is doable on the PS3, but I know it's something you can do on the Xbox because it's all digitally online. All we have to do is go and get a US account, jump on there, and download it for free, or not for free, but down, <laughs> download it on a US account. Yes, yeah, so it's that... not hard. All we, for all this rating, all we have to do is type in hotmail.com country USA, and we're done. The annoying thing about that is, is, first of all, you have to pay with American credit card, or you can buy an American points card, like you know, on eBay or something, but. If you just use your Australian credit card to buy credit on your American account, it doesn't work. The other problem is that if you've got a PSP, you can only activate one account on it at a time. So if you want to play American games and then switch back to your Australian games, you have to plug it into your PlayStation or computer and re-sync it or something. So there's a few hurdles. It would be nice to just have these games released on our store and just have everything you know, on one account. But, like you're saying, it is doable to get those games that have already been released. And, of course, we don't <laughs> condone the uh, multiple account holders out there. We, d we didn't actually... Is it illegal to do that? It. It's not illegal, but it is against the end-user license agreement. So, if Sony catches up with you later on and then shuts down your account... I think, they're, I think this involved. is not something they really care about, yeah. to be honest. I think they're more concerned about people illegally downloading yeah. games. Pirating, illegally yeah. pirating, yeah. burning games. I think... This sort of thing, yeah, you know, they frown upon it, but you're spending money. Yeah, you're, you're, you're still not doing dodging a rating system, though. That's the thing you have to be careful of. Yeah, that is yeah. true. Yeah. The other cool thing about this um, this story is there's a few games like Spyro, I believe, that series hasn't been released on the PAL uh, PlayStation Store because there's some glitch with the PAL version that just, with the emulation, just doesn't work as well as Sony would like. And it's all those games in the series are on the US Store, which means that they can re-release those games on our store even though it's, you know, being released here years and years ago, we can finally, you know, get the digital versions. And possibly down the line, stuff like um, Final Fantasy, especially Final Fantasy IX, didn't get a very good PAL conversion. Yeah. And so it also allows them to release the US versions of those games and they run smoother and Yeah, they can better. choose which ones work the best and give us those ones. Exactly. Here's an idea for them. Why don't we just fall in line with either the US or the UK rating system? How much harder would it be for us to just take their ratings and broad and bring them across here because they are already stricter than us and they are already a defined system that's been working for a lot longer than our one has. I'd be I'd be up for it if they just had a rule that said you know uh, M in America equals M A here or whatever it is. Well, to be honest, they've, they've got very few games in that M rating. Yeah. Most of their games go up to a seventeen plus, which we would just broadcast as an eighteen plus rating. Yeah. So if if they were to do that, I'd be all for it. But you've seen how much trouble it has been to get the R18 rating here. Yeah. So it's just one of those things. Well, it's coming in. It yeah. is coming in. And then again, this is this is all this all comes down to we want to buy these games. We are happy to spend money on these games, but we have been sabotaged by multiple areas stopping us from spending money, which forces us to either go and spend money in another country or go and circumvent the system and download it illegally. Mm -hmm. So we are in a situation where we want to Spend, people want to spend money. People want to pay for these legally and have them the whole time. But we are not given the correct procedure to be able to do that. And that's something that if they maybe were a little bit, worked a little bit harder to get it correct, then they wouldn't have so many problems with piracy, wouldn't have so many problems with these other issues because they give people the chance to get it. And that's what I've noticed. Australia is quite strong, or quite has quite a large piracy uh, uh, community. Yeah, mainly because... the largest downloaders in the world now. Really? Yeah. Because we have just been uh, 
blocked from so many different avenues, whether it's through internet connections, whether it's through uh, government rating systems, whether it's through international release dates. We are, we are, we are left behind. And Not us at pressx.com.au, but the rest of Australia, yeah. We don't, have, we, we don't have to qualify. We're, we certainly don't yeah. download games illegally. Yeah. We don't feel the need to. You know? No, yeah. But, um, yeah. but it's, it's something we're discussing where that they are, they are not giving us the chances that we feel that we need in order to do the right thing. Yeah, well, it would be nice. At least it means with news like this and implementation of the R18 rating, stuff like that, it seems like it's getting better. It just takes a bit of time. And that's just bound to happen. That's just the way life really goes. Yeah. Unfortunately, things take a little while and Australia has been left behind for such a long time. It'll take a little while before we can catch up. Well, we're all convicts anyway. We don't understand this whole technology thing. <laughs> you know. Yeah, you can't play us. Yeah, the kangaroos won't play anymore and all the rest, so it's, you know, boring. All right, so we've got a lot more happening around the world gaming-wise as well. And I guess the funny one was, which could end up coming out here, was they're releasing a new Wii model in Europe, which... <laughs> doesn't allow you to use GameCube controllers or GameCube games. Yeah, and they encourage you to play it on its side, which I guess on its side for what it already is so flat. Well, be. I believe they've actually... It's, it's not as clever as the old uh, PS2, but they've gone and changed the logo so the logo's on its side. I remember the, the good old <laughs> PS2, where the logo actually flips depending on which yeah, one you have it. That was which, awesome. which was really cool. It took me so long to work that out. And Did I, it? My mind was, was blown. Like, yes! Yes! <laughs> flipping backwards and forwards. I always knew it could happen, but I always left it the wrong way around to piss people off. Because you'd see people looking at it and just going, I want to change the logo. You know, that sort of OCD problems that I didn't have. But... Uh, yeah, it's basically a cheaper model, and at the moment it's only announced for Europe. I think it's like 99 euros. I don't know about Australia yet, but it seems likely it'll come out here in the rest of the world. Um, and I guess it's basically for those few people who don't have a Wii yet and still want one. Um, it seems like none of us are really <laughs> going to be enticed into buying a Wii because of this. I've already got mine. I know you mentioned that you sold yours. Yeah, I don't have mine anymore. I don't need it. Yeah. Um, it's not going to make you Well, go this is over in Europe. Is, is it going to get... In fact, it would stop me completely from ever impulse purchasing a Wii if, if they did that because I don't feel that... There are so many good, and especially with stores like um, Game Traders opening up in Australia, we have the ability to get so many more uh, GameCube games Second because they are, like they are floating huge, around yeah. now. Yeah, absolutely. They're floating around now, whereas they weren't before. Um, if I was... If I was if I, if I was going to buy a Wii, I'd want to go back and play Wind Waker, mm -hmm. which I wouldn't be able to do if they released that Wii over in Australia. Yeah, that's true. Um, certainly, I still haven't played many of the GameCube games on my Wii, or at the moment, this week, for some reason, we've got two of them. Um, but certainly, losing that functionality cuts out a lot for a lot of people. I know a lot of people like playing Double Dash over the Wii version of uh, Mario Kart and so forth. Fair and enough. Yeah, and good. even just going back and playing the old Resident Evil, so there's probably going to be enough of a reason. That's right, because they rebooted them for um, the GameCube, so all these Resident Evils from the PS1 days were all uh, improved graphics, improved visuals, yeah. and were wonderful to play through, except for the fact that there was a glitch in one of them. Yeah. Okay, I, was just, I, I did play this. I played the first one, and myself and my friend played it all the way through. We would be switched, switch controllers as we play, all that sort of thing. Got to the point on the guide, collecting all these things, and then one of them wasn't there. Yeah. One of them wasn't in the spot to collect, so we couldn't find it. The, the worst glitch that I've come across along those lines is um, in the Buffy original Xbox game. I was oh, playing through it, and that was a good game. Yeah, it was really good, and it was pretty hard. I got 
almost to the end, maybe like three quarters of the way through the game, and there's a boss that was just impossible to kill. And at first I thought that I just sucked, but eventually I was just playing this level over and over, beating this guy so many times that I'd have full health, he'd had no health, until he eventually just chipped away at me. And you're supposed to be able to flip him over and stake him on his stomach, and it just was impossible to flip over. I don't know if it was in my copy of the game or if I did something like to fuck this up. But <laughs> I, I'd never finish that game. Now. Yeah, so yeah, well, it's like, <laughs> oh, reliving! <laughs> it's like the glitches in um, Fallout. No specific spot, just the whole freaking game where every now and again you'd leave a room and the, yeah, the game would just freeze or you'd save and the game would freeze and you'd shoot someone and the game would freeze. You'd, uh, but at least, at least you could progress and you just had to load a save or something. Yeah. yeah unless it corrupted your save, which it did fairly often. Yeah, it did have done some horrible things that game there. I love the game, but it was buggy as all hell. <laughs> yeah. It was just one of those games where, unfortunately, that happens when you do massive yeah. open box games that are just good. I guess we'll, we'll move on from something from that to something else. Is there anything else you feel that really worth grabbing at the moment? Well, I've been bringing up all the topics. I want to know if you guys have got anything. You went to see Planet of the Apes, which I really want to see. And what do you think of that? I reckon that's my movie of the year so far. Really? Uh, yeah, I, I was very impressed. The, uh, the special effects are done by Weta, who did yeah. the special effects for Lord of the Rings and King Kong. Over and in New Zealand. Is it just... Uh, what, Island? Yeah, over in oh, New Zealand. Okay, yeah. I thought you were mentioning another obscure <laughs> movie that they worked on. New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, really? Yeah, they actually did all the fonts Bring on the newspapers. That would be a pretty good movie, I reckon. Uh, but, so, I'm guessing that after Lord of the Rings, they've again been able to increase the quality... Yeah, and yeah, just yeah. keeps stepping up further and further, and it's looking even better. Well, it seems like after King Kong, they uh, got their skills at doing digital monkeys up pretty well. Yeah. So, uh, it, yeah, the movie looks gorgeous, and the story was actually very impressive. And um, Andy Serkis, who played Gollum in Lord of the Rings, and again King Kong in that movie, he uh, he plays the main chimp, and a whole bunch of the other apes, I believe, um, and. Yeah, it was just a complete package. There's a few references to the previous movies, if you uh, have seen them, but you don't have to have since it's a prequel. You've killed us all! They didn't mention that one. Thank God. <laughs> that would have been pretty horrible. Yeah, there's like a few good modern twists on the uh, classic movie, and yeah, just overall, I highly recommend it. It's so do you reckon this will be a series? It's hard to say. They certainly left it open for another movie, um, whether or not they do go down that line uh, is up to debate. It seems like maybe if they did make another movie, it might be further along uh, in time, since there's obviously quite an evolutionary step between the apes taking over the city and apes taking over the you know world. But there's definitely room for... You can see where more movies could fit in. It's hard to talk about without spoiling anything, but there's just a couple of moments in this movie where the whole cinema would just go silent or gasp and... Uh, if you've seen the movie, you probably know what I'm talking about. Just, I definitely think seeing it at the cinema is the way to go on the big screen and everything as well, just because you'll get that impact so much more. Sounds like it's well worth checking out then. Yeah, highly recommended. Awesome. Anything you plan on seeing recently? Uh, I want to see Planet of the Apes and I want to see <laughs> Captain America, but I actually haven't gone and seen anything for a while, so I've, no, not really. Just play some more games, write some more for the site. Um, I'm looking to add a new section to the site, being, you know, entertainment across Australia and, you know, and the, and the like, is to introduce um, restaurants and nightlife and stuff like that on there eventually. And so I've 
put together a small sort of group of people and we're going to sort of eat our way across Melbourne. Um, not that my gut needs any more work, but anyway, and we'll soon be adding up some of those sort of um, articles along the lines of some of the nice restaurants about, around Melbourne who that are well worth checking out. And if people in other states want to go, um, you know, check out some restaurants and write up, you know, feel free to email us, uh, curtis at pressx.com.au, ask for a login account and some, you know, allowance to write uh, some reviews on restaurants and we'll set you up and get you going. Sounds like a very easy thing to do. Yep. All right, Mike, it's stuck in a more gamey, as we, we do, do love it indeed. Yes, yes. Uh, Skyward Sword, New Zelda, coming out November 20 in the Northern America. Uh, I would have thought that'll probably translate across to here as well. Uh, I think November day. 18th. For November Australia. 18th for Australia. How about that? A couple of days early. Yeah, uh, suck it, US. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't think it'll make much difference. If we can pull a marathon, we can finish it before they even get it. Yeah. Oh, well, I would have thought you could. I don't, I don't know if it's going to be that good. I'm a little concerned about this one. Well, th this is one of the last big Wii games. There's a couple of uh, Japanese RPGs that people seem to be kind of excited about, but I think most people, this is the one that everyone's hanging for. Um, and we saw it a bit at E3. It looks really good for a Wii game, but unfortunately it still is not in high def, which I know maybe if they you know, can re-release it on the Wii U or something like that when that comes out, it might be something that Nintendo would be looking at. But I think Nintendo's falling behind. It's not, it's not like Nintendo ports all their old games to the next generation anyway, so well, I'm sure we could see it then. Well, like when we saw Twilight Princess mm. that came out uh, for the Wii launch and was one of the last great GameCube games, yeah. so it'd be something similar like that is definitely a possibility. Well, I believe there's another Zelda coming for the next console as well. well they, they had, they, they they had visuals of using the uh, new Wii controller yeah. with Zelda. And it was basically a video of Link fighting a giant spider, and you could change it from day to night. Just more of a tech demo to see what that okay. kind of Zelda game could look like. Um, but it definitely means that they're thinking about working on a Wii U Zelda, but uh, I think they're probably focusing their efforts on finishing this on first. I, so, I, th I, get, I get the feeling that Zelda is, is sort of losing its luster now. Yeah. I must admit, I think uh, for me, and I guess for probably most of us, our most, I guess neither of you had. Uh, uh, Nintendo 64s? No, it was a PlayStation 1 boy. Well, for me, that period of gaming was what I think Zelda was. And I guess people that play played Nintendo throughout the ages, the, the, the times when they... The Zelda that was released when they were in their prime was their favourite Zelda game. So for me, it was Ocarina of Time. And I think Ocarina of Time, then to go Wind Waker, and then to go Twilight Princess were the three best Zelda games I've played. And I feel like they're dropping off now. And I feel like that it doesn't have the same mystique. Well, there hasn't been any more Zelda games since Twilight Princess. I guess if you count the DS ones or something. Is yeah, that Spirit Tracks. Spirit yeah. Tracks. Well, Spirit Tracks, I don't think Spirit Tracks was that bad. No, Ocarina of Time 3D. Yeah, but that's a remake. And we'll get Ocarina of Time HD, knowing our luck, and Ocarina of Time Wii U and Ocarina of Time for the next 50 years. I just think the visuals years. on this look worse than the visuals on Twilight Princess. Right. That's how I mm, felt. Yeah. I thought the way they've done the graphics on it, I don't like that painted... Look. See, I don't mind it. If you look at Wind Waker, they, I think those graphics stand up quite well. Wind Waker was by far the best example of a Nintendo game that was made to look brilliant with their system. Yeah. It was a perfect example of how to make a Nintendo game look great without being the greatest console in the world. And it seems like this new one is a bit of a cross between Wind Waker and Twilight Princess in terms of graphics. So I think the graphics style doesn't look uh, 
not too shabby. I want another 2D Zelda. I want to go back to Link's Awakening and, you know, A Link to the Past and do those old school ones again. Well, they're re-releasing Four Swords for the uh, 3DS for free. Oh, right, cool. year. So, uh, I think it's going to be the same version that came on the Link's, uh, A Link to the Past Game Boy Advance version. Yep. Um, but maybe with some multiplayer wireless connectivity or something. And that was a really good game, so... Cool. Uh, at least you got that come. Well, I mean... There's been like five versions of that Link to the Past. Mm. I think every single Game Boy console, they've re-released that game for that one. They went yeah. normal, it was released on the Nintendo Entertainment System, then they released it for the Game Boy, then they released it for the Game Boy Color, then yeah. they released it for the Game Boy Advanced, I'm pretty sure, and now they're going DS. Yeah. So you've had it on every single installment. Yeah. So I don't think they can do that. You can't go back to that. that. That style is only for nostalgia and won't make the kind of money that they need to make to keep their company afloat. And the Four Swords GameCube game, that was a pretty good 2D Zelda. And uh, I think that kind of thing could work really well on the Wii U as well with having your own individual screen in the controller. Um, one of the things I mentioned is that you can hook up, I believe, the 3DS to the Wii U and use it as a separate controller, which it seems like that's the kind of thing that Nintendo's always been trying to do. They had the Game Boy Advance connectivity to the uh, GameCube but only like four games ever used it. But having each player having their own screen, it seems uh, like it could be some cool gameplay okay. there, um, which the Four Swords games were probably the best example of that. So we'll see if something like that comes along. Well, I think it might be Truth Torpedo time. Ooh, Truth I like Torpedoes. This. I think the Wii U is going to kill Nintendo. Yeah. yeah. I don't think it will kill Nintendo, but it's going to hurt them. It's going to cripple them. I yeah. can't see them making another console after this because this console does not meet what people want. The Wii went well because it had the children's aspect. If they're going to do that, they should merge with Fisher and Paykel and make children's <laughs> games. They should not be competing against the PS3 and against the Xbox 360 if they're going to make that. The merry-go Mario. They need to, they need to distance themselves from the other gaming platform. They should not put any shooters on. They should not put anything that is rated MA because it does not meet the standards. I do not want to play on a flat tablet. I don't want to be playing with my TV screen and using an iPad. I don't want to do that. I want to play with a controller. I want to play games like they are. I want to play another advanced version of the games. I think they are not going to meet that with this console. I don't know. We said that about the Wii when it first came out, where I was like, I don't want to stand in my living room, wave my arms around like a total dick. I thought but the Wii was going to be you, a big you success. You supported game. it for a very, very long time until you saw the light and got a real console. Um, but I remember when I first met you, you used to say, you know, there were some decent games on there and all the rest. Well, there was. The, yeah. the, the original releases on the Wii were quite good. The, the I guess their classics ones were good. The Marios were good. Mario Kart was good. Uh, the It was pretty inventive to start off with, and but they, they ran out of ideas pretty fast. Yeah. That was the problem. Well, I think with the Wii U, if it drops in price over time, you'll see it getting picked up again because it's got the Nintendo brand. It will always still sell. You know, they could make a... Nintendo DS that electrocutes you every second week and people buy it for nostalgia sense just because they've loved Nintendo since But it's kind of 0.5. It's, yeah. it's basically the Wii point five, and they can't afford to do that. What they need to do is do what the Xbox 360 did. The Xbox came out late yeah. and it didn't have the luster. So what did they do? They went, okay, we need to bring the next generation of consoles right now. Yeah. That's what they did. Brought the 360. Seven years ago, they brought it in and people were still playing GameCube and PS2. Now, the other consoles are almost caught up to where it is. Yeah. Well, certainly, um, the Wii U should be looked at not as much as a next-gen console as a stopgap console. 
um, as the Wii was a stopgap console from the last generation and the GameCube was before. They wait till it's the end of the cycle, they punch one out at the end there where people are getting bored with what's out and are waiting for the next one and they pick up that market again perfectly there with no real competitor to have to fight off. Um, and the Wii U will be doing the same thing except for this time there's a good chance that the Wii U will launch and it will only be a year until the next PlayStation or Xbox or on live or whichever console comes next to compete against it. I still think the price is the biggest concern for it. You know, parents don't want to spend $800 on a I'm not saying that's the price for sure, but the attitude of $800 on a well, system. Well, the controller is going to be $150 a piece, yeah. I thought. I think I think the console itself will be cheaper maybe around the $400 mark, I'm guessing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the handheld the the controller will be the expensive. Well, one, you're yeah. still paying if you walk into a store, you may be paying $100 for a PS3 controller. Yeah. You may. That is the stock standard price for a PS3 controller. It's a lot of money to buy a controller. Yeah, which is it's pretty insane, that price as well. I've seen a lot of places selling it cheaper now, but yeah, it would be interesting to see what they're selling yeah, a couple of weeks ago, separately. There was a big sale. It was two for 79 for PS3 controllers. And I should have taken advantage of it while I was there, but I didn't, of course. Um, but every now and again, with a lot of those sort of accessories, you just have to wait until a special deal comes up. Otherwise, you're coughing up $100. You know, the Xbox controllers are still $60, $70 a controller. The Wii controllers are, what, 40 yeah. and a 39 if, for yeah, the Yeah, if you look the at nunchuck. the Wii and the Nunchuck together, yeah. that's like almost 100 bucks as well. Yeah. But uh, I think if you look at the 3DS launch, that might be a pretty good indicator of uh, the same thing that's going to happen with the Wii U. It's, it's about... on. The same level as power as the PSP, maybe a bit more powerful, um, and I think that's just not good enough at the moment. Like it looks really nice, but as soon as the Vita comes along, it's just going to cream it. Yeah. And Nintendo are already panicking, as we mentioned last episode. They've already dropped the price by about a hundred bucks. Um, they're releasing a new color, which is flame red. Which with the GameCube and Wii, they didn't do that till years yeah. into the life cycle. This and then we'll get Leaf Green, Soul Silver, <laughs> Pikachu Yellow. You know all the rest of them. Yeah, but. Um, uh, yeah, this this I know it seems like they're panicking a little yeah. bit to me just because they haven't had the huge success. The the console sold amazingly in the first couple of weeks, but now if you look at I just saw the uh, most recent sales in Japan and it was doing terribly. The price drop helped it a lot as well, but I suspect it might uh, it might drop down again as soon as that excitement over the price drop has died down. So. I'm still waiting for a handwritten note from Nintendo saying, we're sorry, can you please tell people to buy us again? Um, well, like we desperate. mentioned, they're giving away all these free yeah. games for people who already bought the system. Um, hopefully games like Star Fox comes out pretty soon, so maybe that'll get a few more sales. But Resident yeah, they Evil. really need the game, so hopefully they learn that lesson, lesson right. for the Wii U. I think final word for that is, we would like Nintendo to stop trying to compete with the current generation maybe move forward and look at bringing out something later. Yeah, and team up with Fisher and Packle. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Lock, lock yourself down for a while yeah. and look at bringing the next generation now. Yeah, that I want to see nice. Mario's ABC for three to five year olds. <laughs> I probably shouldn't have said that. I'm probably going to cop a little bit of flack for that one. I think they anyway. already made, like, Mario is missing. Yeah. That sounds pretty much the same game. <laughs> All right. So I had a new experience this week. I've never been there. I mentioned it before. I went into Game Traders. Right. This was a brand new experience for me. I'd never been in there before. They've and I walk in years. and instantly I see to my left Final Fantasy Swords. Yeah. And there was a ton of, of, of characters and models and all that sort of stuff. But I started looking at the classic gaming things. If you own a stack of old uh, NES games yeah. or SNES games 
and you don't really care for them, go sell them now. They are selling them for nearly $100 a pop. Yep, really? They are selling games for full price. What, These are we talking games. like the best NES games? We're or? talking Zeldas. Yeah, okay. We're talking Zeldas, we're talking Mario's. They are full price. Yeah, they've been going through the roof for ages. Um, even recently, I think I picked up Mario Kart for the 64 again and I've still spent $50 on it or something. Five years ago, I nearly spent, I think, $100 on a NES with the Power Glove, with 50 <laughs> games, as well as all the other peripherals, yeah. two guns, because they were not wanted back then. Yeah. Now they are wanted again. These things are coming back in the GameCube games. Wind Waker, 100 bucks. Yeah. Like that. Everything so. is so full price now because these consoles are coming back into favour. Well worth doing if you've got any yeah. of those. Final Fantasy VII for years has been over $100 for a good quality copy. The main thing to look out for is you're going to only get the real price with game traders and so forth. If you've still got the original box and if it's in good nick. If not, you'll still probably get 20, 30 They do a sell game. a lot of just cartridges, yeah. which happens a lot. And especially those ones, it's pretty rare to see those. Only only psychos really have the boxes in good condition for those consoles that are 20 years yeah. old now. Most of the cash converter stores, though, now, especially the one out in Heidelberg, heaps of old SNES games in the original box. Some of them are still cellophane wrapped from the original store. It's insane. That's pretty psycho. Yeah. That, that, that seems... See, I don't know about you guys... But does that sort of collecting seem irrelevant to you? If I'm going to buy something, I want to look at it, I want to use it, I want to play it. Talking well, to the wrong dude, guys. <laughs> it seems like you've got uh, a lot of those games on digital download now as well. So it's kind of surprising that they're fetching such a high cost, but I guess people just really like to have the original copies. Well, would you go out... Did you buy two copies of Halo 3, one to play, one to keep in its original packaging to save for later? No, but I did that with Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, but you're a psycho for that. <laughs> game. You go, you, I think... Every single Final Fantasy, you would have spent thousands of dollars on Final Fantasy VII stuff. Yep, probably. At least. Yeah, no, not just Final Fantasy VII stuff, but just Final Fantasy merch altogether probably over the years. We've got a decent amount of it. Um, but yeah, like it's it's the attitude of people collect all sorts of things and a lot of people do the idea of just keep one aside that's in good nick and so forth and, you know, and one that they can actually play and, you know, potentially trash. Certainly if I could find a unopened copy of Final Fantasy 7, you know, like a mint copy, w within reason, I'd be, I'd love to buy it as a... As a but are they a, really going to go up in value? Is gaming something that 20 years from now, when there is no such thing as a PS1, there is no such thing as a controller console game that will play PS1, there's no such thing on a TV that you can plug a PS1 into, is that going to be worth anything? Oh, see, for me, it's not about it being worth anything in regards to being able to play it. It's almost like a memento from when you were a kid. Like when you've gone on holidays and you came back with, you know, a little thing from a gift shop in America and you keep it on your shelves for the rest of your life. It's that sort of thing, you know. It was such a big, you know, part of my teenage life where I was, you know, wasn't enjoying school and I was just in a shit mood all the time, you know, teen angst and all the rest. And it helped me through that. But is, is the memory, the package you bought 15 years later that's in mint condition or is the memory that disc that is partially scratched that you couldn't play when you finished with it. That's the memory. Yeah. Well, I've got both. Because that, that, that's the one, yeah, that's the one you put in a little case and you put somewhere and you hang it on a wall, yeah. you do something clever with it. I, I'm, I'm not a mint, mint condition kind of guy. Uh, I, I like to buy records and I've been buying a lot of older records and I've been buying, uh, you know, US releases of the Beatles and things yeah. like that. I like it when it's got a bit of wear and tear. Yeah. As much as the, the, the nice pristine package gets more, but then I guess records are already something that is that increases in value. It isn't like gaming where it doesn't have the mystique 
of what records have now. Records, if I had that period of dropping off, no one wanting them, and then they're coming back. Gaming did have that, though. In the 80s, the whole gaming industry died almost worldwide. Well, well, I guess you're right about that, because now with those games coming up to $100 a pop for classic games, they do have that. Yeah, and especially games pre the crash, um, where gaming dried up altogether. A lot of the games before that are now gone and lost, because people went, well, this was a fad, chuck it in the bin, like you would your Pokemon cards, or, you know, whatever you had when you were a kid. You know, I don't have any of my AFL you know, footy cards from when I was a kid because, you know, it was a fad that I don't went have a, Don't have a pristine Michael Jordan card? No, I don't have one. I The only one I had for a very long time was a... Uh, Gary Ablett? Gary Ablett? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Good old God. Um, but yeah, so for a lot of people, it's about collecting. You know, like I have a media server loaded up with all of my movies where I buy a DVD, put it onto my media server so I can share around the house and the DVD goes on the shelf. Now I keep it on the shelf even though now... I don't need it because it's on the media server and it can be, you know, shared to my TVs and so forth. Even though I've already bought it, it just sits on the shelf being that. It's almost the same with these sort of collectors now where they buy a game, play it, and then they sit it on the shelf for the rest of their life. See, the thing about... I, I used to be along those lines as well, yeah. uh, like having the good DVD or games collection that you can look at. But I'm out of room now. Yeah, that's it. So the thing with the, being able to get all this stuff digitally, I actually enjoy that just as much. I, I like to have the game so I can play it, basically. Yeah. I, I don't really need it to just display on my shelf. I've got a few collector's editions, like maybe um, like the StarCraft 2 collector's yeah. edition when that came out. That's huge, looks awesome, and takes up a lot of room, but you want that to display. Yeah. With something just like my old PlayStation 1 games, it's cool to have, but it would just be as cool to me to have the digital copies nowadays, basically. Now, do you trade games in? Almost never. Yeah, I didn't think you did. I thought you usually keep most of yours. Yeah, no, very, very rarely do I trade them in. Just, I'm a bit of a hoarder in that respect where someday someone's going to come to me like, hey, do you have a copy of Tombi 1? And I'm like, yes, I do. It's like 150 bucks on eBay. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to you know, sell it. I just like to have it just, you know, to have the original copy there. And, you know, I, I don't mind lending out to friends or, you know, whatever. But I do want to have that copy. I must admit, I do trade games in occasionally. If it's a game I didn't enjoy, I will trade it in yeah. because I've got my worth out of it, didn't really enjoy it, I'm not going to play it again, I might as well recoup a little bit of that value and get something I'm going to enjoy more. The well, problem I see with that is that they barely ever give you enough money. Unless it's, gotta be quick. Unless gotta it's be a quick. brand new game, and I tend to not purchase games brand new a yeah. whole lot at the moment. And unless it's something you know that I'm really looking forward to, and then I want to keep it anyway. So. Or unless it's something they constantly charge a hundred and something bucks for. Because if you trade in a, I guess if you go to say EB and you trade in something like uh, Black Ops, you probably get forty dollars, forty five dollars for it. Yeah, if it if it's a big game like that, especially you know a week or two after release, if you well even now, can, like even if you trade it in. I'm assuming you've still got a copy of uh, Twilight Princess. No, you didn't buy it. Well, you know your copy, copy of it. never returned. Yeah, it. I've got it. <laughs> if you, if you, oh, I, I traded it in, and I traded it in for thirty eight dollars, and this really? was this was three years after the game had yeah. been released. Yeah, a lot of those Nintendo games they just don't go down in price as well. Like uh, I've been considering picking up. A What's that Nintendo of... thing of not really releasing enough? Yeah, them, and they, they still they don't have... really. It's hard to find brand new copies of that game. Exactly, you have much more limited quantities if you. Uh, you know, Mario Galaxy 2 is the one I've been looking for, and it's never below 50 bucks, even, you know, over a year after it's come out. Whereas I picked up something like a, I think Stranglehold was one of my best finds. It was about two months after release, 
was $120 at certain stores that got it for 15 bucks just in a bargain bin. Just because I guess they print so many copies. Oh, and it was terrible. I've got a copy on my shelf. It's oh, horrible. horrible. <laughs> well, it's like I bought Skate 3 and um, uh, number two of that game that's really fun. That's like Saints Row 2. Saints Row 2, that's yeah. the one. Yeah, it's really fun. Saints Row 2. <laughs> it's pretty obvious. So I bought those two for $40 together. Yeah. Uh, think about that. They've been out for a year and a half, maybe two years. And now you don't see that unless it's like the new Nintendo Classic. You don't see, you don't see, yeah, you don't see Wii games that price unless they are horrifically bad Wii games. Yeah. So yeah, if, it's, if, it's, if it's any of the six good Wii games that are there, you won't find it cheap. I've made the mistake of trading in and selling my games over the years where I look at games and go, I'm never playing that again, and I go and trade them off and sell them. And that's fine because quite often I would never play them again. But then I've looked back at past generations where I've done it and I've gone, crap, why did I get rid of those PlayStation 1 games? I really wish I was playing them now. I must admit I did that. Yeah. I did that with my PS2 games. But then again, I don't have anything that can play them anymore because yeah. uh, I've got one of the newer... Yeah, PS3. So I've traded in. I've still got the best of my PS2 games. You know, I kept Kingdom Hearts, SSX, oh, I traded Kingdom Final Hearts Fantasy in. 10, I regret you know, it so much. And I've just kept the ones I really, truly liked. But there was a lot in my collection now that I look back at and go, you know, especially when I see it on eBay now for a fortune and think, God, I had that game. I traded it for ten bucks, and yeah, that's right. you know, stuff like the Bouncer by SquareSoft, <laughs> which was a piece of. I'll leave it there. But um, no, it was a horrible, horrible game. But. I had so many arguments in year nine defending the bouncer. Yeah, Um, I loved it, but it was a horrible game in hindsight. But the thing with it is, is no one bought it, so there's none around anymore. So it's worth a fortune. Yeah, I still got it. You can come over and play. I had a pretty massive argument about what games, what 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 rating is a good game, and what rating is a bad game. This is someone I was talking with work at work about. Do you mean review scores? Review scores. Now, I was saying that I don't think that all of the Mario games, the Zelda games, and the Donkey Kong games are that good. And he's going, look, they all got 95, 96, 97. Yeah. And I'm going, that doesn't mean they're good games. That's- Just because they're sat- it, it's, the problem is the saturation of the market. Mm. And I don't think scores reflect the saturation of the market. A lot of that stuff is personal preference. It's like, it's like the Guitar Heroes. So, you know, the latest Guitar Hero was all right. It's got some pretty good songs on there, but the problem is there's so many of them, yeah. the market's saturated, and I didn't enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, with, with all the Mario games, certainly Mario, new, new Super Mario Brothers and Wii got very good reviews. Mm. And it's not that it's a bad game, it's just we've played it so many times before. Yeah, exactly. So that isn't really reflected in the score. If you're coming brand new to the series, you haven't played any Mario games, and you're like, this game's awesome. Yeah. So I guess it depends on your history. You kind of have your to exposure. take exposure. Yeah, you have to take those kind of things into effect as well as just looking at the raw score. Basically, it's very hard to tell everything from a score, which I guess is one of the reasons why we're not doing them on this site. Yeah. And just basically read the reviews, look at videos, that kind of thing. Do your research before you you know go pick up a game, rather than just going oh ninety six it must be good, but. Uh, Chances are that's a pretty good way of gauging whether or not the game is like horribly glitched or you know playably at least. All right, we might wind it up here. Yeah, we're post hour and about to roll over an hour and ten minutes. Cool. Uh, anything you think we should bring up before? Anything you plan to do before next podcast and probably break that promise? Uh, yeah, just more content, which I'll break again. <laughs> yeah, I'll probably break that again. I must admit, I've been trying, yeah. but. It, it, I, work is so busy. Yeah. Like I guess we, we all we all pretty much work. Say. So. We do find it quite busy to find time to do anything else. Yeah. But we'll work on it more and we're looking to get more people that want to write for the website. So 
if you want to fire off an email to uh, curtis at pressx.com.au if you're interested, we'll um, yeah get in contact and we'll sort you out with an account. You can start writing and having a bit of fun. Um, for a lot of, like, so far, what we've been looking just to do is have fun while doing this. So we're always up for more people that want to join in. All right, well, I guess we may have to wait a while before we can think of new games to play because the next batch of games doesn't come out until the 9th of September. Yeah, somewhere around there. What's, what's the next one that you're looking I th- forward to? I think, I think Dead Island is probably the next Space one. Space Marine, I'm looking forward to, and that's out. I think Dead yeah. Island's going to be pretty poor, but I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to New Island. <laughs> what I reckon is... <laughs> This is something I might do because you can pick up these recorders now for the Xbox. We might look at playing some multiplayer Dead Island and doing some sort of podcast with that. Yeah. So stick around. That might be coming up soon. Sounds good um, to me. The other thing with it is, is uh, we're still looking for you know listener mail, feedback, anything that you want basically brought onto the podcast. Should we answer a Yahoo question before we finish? We can answer a Yahoo question while, we're, uh, while Ben looks it up. But uh, please send all of that stuff to podcast at pressx.com.au. Um, yeah, we're basically just looking for anyone that wants questions answered, whether they be about games, feedback, life. please feedback. We yeah, would love, love to know what you'd like to talk about. We should, you know, we, I want to talk about sport and I haven't yet. So we yeah. probably talk about more sport. Of course, Geelong lost last night. Ah, talking up. about the football. Yeah. I don't, if you're going to finish second on the ladder and you're complaining, it's oh, like, no, but it's- my partner, she goes for Carlton, and oh, Carlton lost the game. It's so unfair. I go for one of the worst teams in the competition. We are getting better, but I have spent years, twenty years of crippling loss in my life. Yeah. I've made, I've seen two final series in my entire life, and these people that have won premierships are complaining when they you lose guys a game. Always end up one out of the top eight, so you miss out on the finals. Ninth place, time. Richmond. Yeah. Ninth place. Well, yeah, we, we haven't for a while. Tigers. Ninth place would be all right because it had shown improvement. All right, I believe we've got a question. Oh, God. Um, we've got a question that Ben's found. It's, my mum is a janitor and her right arm hurts from her shoulder to just below her elbow. Does anyone know how to? <laughs> I don't think we're going to get much of that. My guess is to take a couple of panadols and have a lie down and if pain persists, see your doctor in the morning. If not, amputate. I just like the fact that, <laughs> I just like the fact that they don't clarify how to what. Yeah, they just go, does anyone know how to? Question mark. <laughs> yeah, so it's very yeah. um How to keep it sore? Well, if you want to keep it painful and you want to try and get workers' comp or something, best to run into some walls or something like that. You know, mm. fall over and land on your bucket. Okay, good tip. For this guy's mum. All right, well, uh, we'll and the I guess we'll wrap up this podcast and um, yeah, thanks for listening. If any of you have actually survived it to the end of this podcast, um, I'm Kurt, Ben, Nick. Outro song. Boom, 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 boom,